Hello listeners, it is Jet Tattersall with you and welcome to the Women in Pop podcast. Due to the ongoing coronavirus pandemic, this podcast is being produced remotely, so please forgive us for the lower audio quality than you are used to. Before we start today's episode, a reminder that the latest issue of Women in Pop magazine is on sale now with the iconic Mariah Carey on the cover. Inside across 10 pages, we celebrate Mariah's 30 year anniversary in the industry. Plus, we also have interviews with Carly Rae Jepsen, G-Flip, Darmy Yim, Freya Ridings, Toki Monster, and more. Now, we also look back at the creation of Whitney Houston's debut album on the 35th anniversary of its release. It is on sale now in a store near you, and you can also buy a copy online at womeninpop.com forward slash subscribe. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. She first caught our attention in 2017 when she was the featured vocalist on the Hayden James hit, Numb before releasing her debut single, Kissing Boys, in 2018. She has since gone on to release a killer EP and a slew of incredible singles, ranging from indie to ballads to dance. And just last month, she released the incredible single, Body Language. She is one of this country's top new talent, and we love her. It is, of course, the wonderful Grace. Grace, hello, and welcome to Women in Pop. Hello, thank you. That was oh my a great God. introduction. <laughs> I feel good about myself now. <laughs> you are welcome. How are things with you? Um, yeah, you know, I'm going okay. I'm currently going through a breakup, which is very interesting as a songwriter. Um, but I mean, yeah, songwriting is going great because of it, but everything else is <laughs> it's a bit how you going. I'm so glad yeah. you said that. Not that you'll break up, but I'm so glad that you're like, yep, this is shit. But, you know, creatively, it's a winner. And um, yep. my goodness, I'm actually, I'm going to just skip the first thing I was going to talk about. And I want to go straight into that because your tracks, there's one thing that I can say is when I listen to your music, I just go, Grace, she feels the feels mm-hmm. and then some more. Like every song you release is so incredibly emotive that it just radiates this raw vulnerability and I imagine that that's equally cathartic and also stressful um, it's, it's, it's a blessing and a curse <laughs> what for you obviously you, you you now know that tapping into that emotion um creatively is just incredible uh, for your listeners as well um but but what what is the importance for you on on being so how do we say comfortably vulnerable with your hmm. songwriting I like the way you put that. Um, I think ironically, when I wrote Numb, um, I was in a place where I I felt more comfortable kind of hiding my emotions, my real emotions with myself and was trying to just kind of go through every day without really feeling everything. But I just feel like I'm growing into myself as a woman. I think emotions are so incredible. And as low as you can feel, I feel like it gives you that chance to feel that high again. And I've, I've really just tapped into to how I feel and I don't push it down because, you know, otherwise I'll bottle it up and then I'll have like a massive explosion in like four years and that's not good either. That's true. But I, I think what I, what I love about your music is it's quintessentially feminine. Um, it's delicate, it's unsure, it's humorous, and all of those, all of those things that, um, that make up women. And I think for so long, we've possibly been hearing the thoughts of men sung from the throats of women. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but yours is just incredibly exposed. Um, and I think that's really important to hear right now. Um, yeah I mean especially during everything that's happening mental health obviously 
it's been it's been really hard for everyone in the world and definitely just pushing that down during these times I think it's way more better to be vulnerable and open because you'll be surprised about how many people really care you know and they want to be there for you and that's something that I've learned as well being vulnerable and honest with my emotions my my friends are so supportive of that and it's so easy to get caught up in your head and think that you're alone with your feelings when you when you really aren't you know and the world wide web is there and listening. Mm, can yeah. See that. Like everybody. Boards. People are just yeah. responding. Um, and likewise to the view track body language. Oh my goodness. Like this sleep deprived production, just beautifully <laughs> pairing with your sort of signature crystalline pitch morphing vocals. I'm just going to play it now. So here is body language. where did this glorious thing originate oh one of the best trips of my life I went to Thailand um and just the people were so incredible and the experiences I had there just were something that I knew that I would never feel again and as soon as I got home from the airport I was like I I'm someone that usually writes about breakups and writes about all that crap but I got and I was so inspired that I just jumped onto the guitar and started looping and being like damn like I'm actually writing like a happy song this is great um yeah so thank you thailand for that that was definitely one of the best memories i've ever had in my life i just think it's gorgeous and i love how you're like i've written a happy song but it's so evident that this is late night with that production having that witching hour kind of flavor to it mm -hmm. was that always the desire um, considering your inspiration and i guess uh, where the song came from your sort of jet lagged state of mind yeah. Oh, I was so jet lagged. Oh my goodness. We had to stop over in Malaysia um, for eight hours and we landed at 2 a.m. Malaysian time. And so we had gone into the city and we, it was, yeah, it was like 3 a.m. And we were in the city just trying to find food and like see the city before we had to go back to the airport and then ended up sleeping in the hotel um, in the airport. And by the time I got home, I was like, damn, I'm so out of it. But like, I've, it was weird. It kind of felt like druggy. I mean, I was completely sober, but just that feeling of jet lagged changes your state of mind almost. Absolutely. Yeah. You're, you're drugged. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I'm just drugged on travel. <laughs> well, they, you know, um, sleep deprivation is a massive form of torture. So there you go. <laughs> yes. Hopefully I'm not torturing everyone with this song. <laughs> no, 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 no. See, by torturing yourself, we get the gold that comes out Amen. of it. Amen. That, that's all of my, my life. <laughs> True artist. Um, <laughs> now, body language follows on from your gorgeous single, Hard to Say. Mm -hmm. um, now, I know this song was just a tribute to a friend that was very close to you who took his own life. It's, it's such an amazing song and um, it features uh, Australian rapper IE. I'm just going to play that now. So here is hard to say. Hard 
Now, those soul-tapping lyrics aside, the thing that really sort of stays in this track is your, once again, your kind of hushed vocals mm. accompanied by IE's sort of, he's just got such an identifiable vocal quality as well, which is so soothing on this track. Can you he talk does. to me about the creation and the collaboration and how that came about? Yeah, of course. Um, so I was in the studio uh, with, he's my bandmate, but also my best friend, which, uh, which is great. But he, Xavier Dunn, did my EP in 2018 and we've worked together ever since then. Um, and the first time we ever met was in the studio when we wrote a song called Last Night. Uh, and I think that we just clicked just immediately and we just realized that we were going to be in each other's lives for a long time. And we've always been open and honest and had a relationship where we're not afraid to ever tell each other how we feel. And I think it's really beautiful to have that. So being in the studio with him after, um, it had been a while uh, that I'd lost my friend, but I finally felt okay to talk about it. Um, so he was there for me and we were able to build this song together um, and just build it from just someone that I'm comfortable being completely raw with, which I feel like you can really tell when you listen to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then as soon as, I mean, IE sent back his verse within when he got the track, he had 30 minutes or something. And then sent me back this incredible verse that I was like, this is better than my verse. Like you need to be on the song. So having IE's um, input and his own personal experiences, you can definitely tell in the way that he sings and his lyrics and everything. So joining those stories together is, it just sounds so beautiful to me. It's just incredible. And the video, again, your videos are always so beautiful. Uh, the mm -hmm. recent one for body language as well. I'm like, oh, like they just mm, I love that one perfectly, and I can see that your your creativity just extends from you know the the production side and the lyrics and the poetry, like it's visual, like it's an all encompassing thing for you. Yeah, I feel like when I'm in the studio as well, when I'm writing, I feel like I'm that twelve year old when you like listen to a song and you have your head out the window and you pretend you're in a music video. That's what I do with like my own songs. So it's great that I can actually like do it. <laughs> Is that your gauge when you know if a song's good enough? You're like, yeah, I've just imagined my own music yeah. video. This is a good song. Mm -hmm. I'm like head out the window, just like mom's driving. I'm like, oh, yep, this is me. <laughs> That's a really good benchmark. <laughs> um, I want to talk to you about your killer 2018 EP, Self-Tabotage. I mean, it is home to the gorgeous tracks last night. Have fun at your party. Um, it's such an incredible collection, but my personal hero on the track was Spoken Word. Um, oh. <laughs> oh my God. It's like backed up by that guitar and there's the rain, but your poem, because I feel like it's more of a poem than a song, is mm -hmm. so once again exposed that upon listening to it, it almost sounded like I was eavesdropping into your internal monologue. Like I was living in your brain and I felt. Yeah, that was a, that was a, I've had multiple people say it's like reading a journal entry that they weren't supposed to be reading that they stumbled upon in my room or something. It's, it's I'm just going to play a bit of that now. So here's spoken word. I never knew that your love was ever fully in this. So tell me now I'm going to leave this. What am I gonna do without you? Cause I thought my heart was getting stronger. What am I gonna do without you? Cause I thought my heart was getting stronger. 
Now, obviously, it's a it's a really interesting choice to place on an EP. It's an incredible mm. choice. But I just wanted to know what your decision behind it was, and and how the song or how the poem came about. Yeah, I mean, I was up in Byron at the time with um, one of my amazing friends, who's so talented. His name's Joe, and. We were um, up in the hills. I was staying in a place for about six months where there was just no reception. And I mean, just because of that, I guess, because I wasn't on my phone all the time, I was tapping into my emotions so much more than I guess I would be when I had other stimulants around me to kind of distract myself. Um, so when I was sitting in a room with Joe, he was like, Grace, I just feel like you need to tell this part of your story and get it, get it off your chest. And he put me in a room, put the mic in my face. He had the guitar looping. Um, that we had just recorded gave me a glass of red wine and I just sat in that room for like two hours and just recorded and recorded and recorded and just kind of improved everything that I wanted to and yeah I think that was an easy like I feel like Joe even felt like he was eavesdropping coming in to put the mic on <laughs> it's so like it's just so something else and it's one of those well the way I see it, it's, it's one of those, um, I guess, musical experiments that it often takes artists years to put forth something like that on an album and you've done it in an EP. So yeah, just thank yeah. you really. And congratulations. Yeah, well, it was great. Thank you. No, it was just great. I mean, I guess not having the, um, not being on the internet, I kind of forgot that people would hear it and that's the way that, <laughs> <laughs> that's the way I recorded it. So it definitely was very vulnerable, but I kind of just thought, you know, what, like, Fuck it. <laughs> Fuck it. We're here now. <laughs> now, you've released tracks on love, the bitterness of losing it, life and losing life itself, um, songs on insecurity and the endless possibilities before you. How mm -hmm. do you navigate and collate these many things that touch and inspire you? Man, I mean, compartmentalizing, I think, has been a big part of my life. I... Um, I lost my dad when I was 14. So I've just kind of been, as I was growing up, I was also navigating loss. So I feel like my life has kind of always been based around the foundation of that. I know that nothing is forever. And it's definitely make me hyper aware of my emotions from being just such an emotional little human when I was younger, but I'm really grateful that I was able to use those emotions and tap into myself. And really, I just, i I don't know, even when I'm depressed, it's better than feeling nothing, you know, like I'm, I'm okay with feeling depressed because it means that I'm going to feel the highs and I'm okay with navigating the little in-betweens because the bigger picture is going to be there. I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> That's a very healthy, emotionally intelligent way to look at it. And it takes a lot of people, actually some people never get there. So Mm. Yeah, that's yeah. incredibly aware <laughs> yeah. to get you to the other side. Um, I just want to know on that note, I mean, clearly music for you, it's, um, it's a catharsis, you know what I mean? Like it's a release. And I just mm. want to know, has that always been a part of your life or, or what was it that drew you to creating your own music? Yeah, it has been the biggest part of my life. And I think from a young age, I was conditioned to be like music's the best thing in the world. And Amen, it is. My dad would always be, when I was living in Portland, Oregon, when I was younger, it would be snowing outside and he had his own little den where he just had albums and albums and albums. And he would just sit there by himself, just smoking a cigar, listening to music. And I would come in and he would show me all of his favorite music and his release was music. And I think that that was built into my brain. And 
that was one of the most beautiful things about losing him was knowing that I'm always going to have music and we're always going to have that, that same love for it. And I can feel it like in my bones when I'm like singing and writing and stuff, how happy he would be. And I think that's really beautiful for me to, to think about. That is incredible and absolutely true. It's, it's music just keeps on going. And I, I want to know with all these components of a song and, and of music to you, both listening and the writing and the poetry and the production, if you could pinpoint it, what is it that makes a song really a song for you? Uh, I mean, I'm definitely during COVID, I've um, been a lot easier on myself of, to be honest, if it's the way that you feel and you put it out in a song, it doesn't even have to have a chorus or a verse or any of that. If it's a song to you and you are like happy with the way that you've spoken your truth and it's a fucking song, you know, a song is whatever you want it to be. It's not like a math equation, you know? It's not a math equation. I like that. <laughs> now I'm you... shit at math, so it's definitely not a math equation. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, you've been writing and listening for years, but you obviously came um, to our collective attention in 2017 um, with Numb and then mm -hmm. on to release the aforementioned Self-Sabotage. But I imagine the road leading to this gargantuan event was quite long. Can you talk a little through from how you got from A to now? Yeah, of course. Um, I was playing weddings when I was younger and I was just traveling by myself when I was like 17. Um, I become friends with a lot of wedding photographers and that was my form of income because I got fired from my first job as a pizza person when I was like 14. <laughs> I was eating all the food back. It was a bad time. Not good for me because I eat so much food. But anyway, I was playing weddings and I was busking. Um, I was busking every Saturday and Sunday, just next to my local post office. And that was my income because I just refused to have a nine to five, um, which I'm very grateful for that I was able to make money from busking and still like live. Um, but it wasn't until I was living up in Byron recording with Joe, my friend from a band called Tora. And when we were working together, he kind of just opened my eyes to so many things that I could be doing when I didn't think that music was going to be able to support me for the rest of my life. And, you know, you never know that sort of thing. It's a bit scary because it's a, it's an unknown, you know, you can't say like, Oh, I'm going to have this much money that when, cause you don't have a nine to five. But I just thought, you know what, stuff it. I'm going to put um, a song that I wrote with him under my real name, Grace Pitts, um, called without you on unearthed triple J. And that night I was just lucky enough that someone contacted me and was like, dude, can we play this on the radio? And I was like, yeah, you can play it on the radio. Um, and it was then I got contacted by managers and everything. And my management now, um, who was Hayden's management at the time, um, Falcona, they were the people that resonated with me the most. And I think that I had a lot of meetings with managers where they were like, you are going to be the biggest pop star and you are going to be the best thing ever and all this stuff. And I hate false crap like that. I don't know. Like, just, I don't want someone to tell me what, I'm going to be because you know you don't know and I think that mm -hmm. my manager now is so real with me being like hey it's going to be a long process you need to work your ass off you need to keep on working every single day you need to be writing every single day you need to do this and then maybe you might get somewhere maybe you might not but I want to help you and I loved how real that was because I hate fake shit so he was like hey and we showed this song uh sorry we showed your song to Hayden James and he wants to get in the studio with you and I had never been in a writing session in my life before besides with my friend um and I wrote 
the lyrics and now I'm over an instrumental he sent me um, that I had looped in GarageBand because I only liked 30 seconds of it. <laughs> so I was had like a loop of 30 seconds of the original Num and I was just writing over it. And I finished writing it in the taxi on the way to the studio with him. Um, no. And then I got in and I just was so nervous because I was such a big, I tell Hayden all the time, I was like, I was a massive fan of you. Like still am. <laughs> but I was like a little fangirl, you know, I was 20. Like I was freaking out. Um, but hearing him say in the studio, like, I love this. Because I kept saying like, Oh, like kind of belittling myself, just being like, no, if you don't like it, it's okay. You can change it, all this stuff. He's like, Grace, calm down. I really like it. And then he hadn't released in three years. And then a week or two later, he goes, Hey Grace, just want to let you know I'm releasing them in three months and it's going to be my next single. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> That's incredible. And you get, you know, you're doing it fangirl style. <laughs> mm. Amen. I'm a fangirl of so many people. I'm not ashamed of that. <laughs> no, never be ashamed. Never be ashamed. I love, I love being like, dude, I love you. <laughs> I think it's so good. And you know what? Like being a fangirl of you, I'm <laughs> stalking, I'm stalking you on YouTube and I'm seeing your fangirl covers. Like there are some beautiful covers on there. Like see a breathe. Also like reigniting the twilight guilty pleasure there with turning pages. You oh. sing and play the crap out of that song. Like, Man, that's, I, I did that for my mom as well. I, I privated on YouTube for a little bit. Um, and my mom was so angry about it. It was her birthday present one year. Um, that I did that song for her and recorded it with my friends. So I've just put it back up and mom's like, I love you. Thank you. It's I'm loving all the YouTube comments on there. People are, I think there's like multiple times people are just typing, I'm crying. <laughs> man I get that so many times people just like listen to my music and they're like bro I'm crying I'm like well join the club you know if I'm crying you can cry too <laughs> maybe you could gift like little bucks of tissues every time you release something <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I actually, I'm writing that down <laughs> um and speaking of triple j I mean earlier this year you also came through like a version studio and put your stately spin on Avril Lavigne's complicated with the help of a glorious piano and strings section um actually i'm just going to play this track now because it's so good here is grace's complicated you was that like to do oh my goodness just the best experience I've probably had as a musician so far um I've always wanted to have a live band and live strings and live drums and I've never had the budget to do it so being able to have this experience and actually have that come to life was I, I can just only like say that it was just a, a dream I was just obsessed with everything about it Oh my God. And you seriously, again, you play the pants off of that. I just want to know what was the, what was the choice behind complicated? Oh, I just, I mean, like, I feel like everyone, they were young, just loved emo Avril. 
it just it would just would have been a shame if I didn't do it, you know? Like she's just the queen of emotion. That is true, actually. Apple feels the feels. You both mm. do. You guys should go bowling or something. Um, <laughs> shit a bowling. <laughs> now, pre-2020 disaster, um, you spent the best part of 2019 touring locally and internationally with shows Europe, London, LA, New York, plus sold-out shows in Sydney and Melbourne and festival appearance and, you know, all this stuff. Mm. I just wanted to know, is there one particular track that your live audience have connected with the most? Mm, shoot, it's different because I feel like everyone has different favorites. But one that I do love singing live is it's probably got to be Last Night. Um, yeah, and it's, it's really incredible the way that people have resonated with that song. Um, and just having them sing like, the whole time during that song when I'm singing live is just, it you can't really explain the feeling. It just is incredible. Beautiful. And what is it about that live show that really gets you going? Just look, I mean, just looking at people's faces. Cause you can look at numbers on a screen, you know, like I can look at last night and say that it's got 20 million streams, but you can't process that as a human. You can't process 20 million people sitting in their room alone, listening to it. But when you're actually looking at these faces in the way that people have felt something so deeply for themselves from this song is just, I don't know. It's the best feeling after every show. I just go up to everyone and just give them the biggest hugs. And I'm like, you're not alone. Oh God. <laughs> I love that. See, you're there all the way. Um, now given everything that's going on in the world right now, we've got fires, we've got disease, we've got walls coming up and coming down and, you know, predators being held accountable, unification. I just want to know, how does it feel to be releasing new music? And, and on that note, what has like lifted and inspired you creatively this year in amongst all the shit? Yeah. I mean, if I'm being honest, I've been stupid. I haven't been writing during COVID. I've been struggling as well with my mental health, like everyone else has. Um, and it's annoying that my one form of therapy wasn't working for me, like having writer's block. Um, but I feel like there was a lot of pressure on artists at this time to be like, oh, time to go. You have so much time. You're at home and you need to be writing. And I'm like, well, I don't want, like, it's like when someone tells you to do something and then you were going to do it anyway. But then now that they told you to do it, you don't want to do it. It's a weird, that was where my kind of head was at. But I mean, I hate to say it, but going through this breakup, I'm finally back in the studio. So life of a musician is weird. <laughs> <laughs> really weird like I've been like I was happy and I wasn't writing when I was happy and then now that my body's back in a place where it knows it's like well let's go and I'm like oh fine let's go it's an almost sadomasochistic relationship artists have with their listeners because clearly it's the heartbreak that gets you writing and we just eat it up and then right? you guys keep returning to it and we keep like reaping the benefits. Yeah, shoot. I don't, I don't even know how to explain it. <laughs> and lastly, what is on the horizon for you? Well, um, when I was happy, <laughs> I finally was like, you know what? I'm done about writing, writing about breakups, even though that's what I'm doing now. But I'm feeling like this summer is going to be really incredible. And just, I've just become so much closer with my friends recently and I've just been wanting to like dance and have fun with them so my next single next month is definitely upbeat and I think that that's something that people need right now which I'm, I'm happy to provide the dance tunes the oh, tunes. 
gorgeous. I'm feeling like body language is that night, that like sort of like moody night before or that build up to the dance that we're about to get. So that's very cool. <laughs> Grace, it has been an absolute pleasure talking with you today. Thank you very much for joining us. Now, everyone, yeah, of course. Grace's latest single, Body Language, is out now across all platforms. So please do get out there and take a listen. It is such a fantastic track. And before we go, a reminder that the brand new issue of Women in Pop magazine with Mariah Carey on the cover is out now. Inside, we have interviews with Carly Rae Jepsen, Faye Ridings, Dami M, Toki Monster, G Flip Plus, loads more. You can buy your copy online now at womeninpop.com forward slash subscribe or find a retailer near you at womeninpop.com forward slash retailers. Thank you for listening, everybody. Please stay safe and take care of yourself. We will be back very soon with a new episode. Until then, from myself and Grace, goodbye.